Hello and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture and where you can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am with these absolute legends of the mythological world. Ah, it's almost Halloween, and with that I dress spookier and spookier each day. I should the podcast really, I suppose. But we do have a fantastic Halloween special coming up as always. It's going to be a good one, I'm very excited for it. I won't tell you what it's on yet, but I will at the end of the episode, so you're not really having to wait for a while. But I'm really excited to do a slightly longer episode on this monster next week. It should be really fun. I'm tempted to maybe release it on Halloween Day, which is a Monday. But we'll see. I'll figure it out. But more importantly, for this week, we're covering a less spooky and more fun monster. And it's one that's covered in a lot of modern media. And one that I know a lot of people know and love. Yes, this week we are looking at the wonderful Tanuki from Japanese mythology. You've probably heard of a tanuki before, or you will at least recognise them. They are very similar to raccoons in the way they look in the West. These little tyrants are generally described as being three to four foot tall, that pretty much look like raccoons standing up, but with a few extra features. Their eyes are considerably larger than their real life counterparts for aiding perception and decision making, and are always noted to be smiling at whoever they are looking at. They're also said to have a very large tail, which provides them with steadiness and strength, but is much larger than a normal raccoon's, and a super overpronounced belly. This apparently gives them bold and calm decisiveness, and they actually drum on them, making a pompoko-like sound, which is said to be like another mystical phenomenon in Japanese folklore, the tanuki bayashi, which is a mysterious sound that no one can track down. It's even named after them, but it is debated on whether this is the same thing. But either way, they smack on their little tum-tums and it makes noises. How wonderful is that? However, their most famous feature is that they have massively oversized testicles. Yes, you are not mishearing me. Testicles. They symbolise financial luck, and I had the unfortunate luck of seeing a video of a tanuki using their testicles as parachutes, as they are said to be multi-use and not like the delicate testicles of normal animals or humans. That wasn't a cartoon, I will make that clear. They don't really do that in real life. They are also known to use them as, say, backpacks or even drums to accompany their belly. But honestly, if you've not seen a picture of a tanuki art-wise at all, please believe me, I'm not making this up. They just have massive balls. They are also known for wearing a big sun hat to protect them from trouble, holding a large bottle of sake, which is Japanese rice wine to represent virtue, and lastly, a promissory note ready to go to their fellow adventurers or victims, which is basically a kind of IOU to represent trust and confidence. In terms of powers though, they are known as shapeshifters and are often associated with another Japanese monster, the Kitsune, which you might remember we covered in an episode not too long ago. It's said that the Tanuki have less raw power and ambition than Kitsune, and they are more skilled at trickery and shapeshifting, 
and are able to transform into eight forms whilst the kitsune can only do seven. They would shapeshift by using a magical leaf that lives on their forehead. However, they would only usually use this power to cause mischief. They would usually shapeshift into a crone or something along those lines to tell riddles in order to get their victims to play their games. The aim of these games is to completely embarrass and humiliate their prey. They would trick people into touching objects that they had bewitched so that they would be teleported into the middle of nowhere, kind of like that thing from Harry Potter, a portkey. I guess it's like that. Or they would give them a task to retrieve that item, which would be impossible, and they would end up laughing whilst the person would run around like a headless chicken trying to catch it. So they literally have all of these powers, and realistically, they just like to be annoying, which I respect. But on Tetomology, these monsters are called Tanuki in short, but they actually have a longer name in traditional tellings, which is Baku Tanuki, which means monster Tanuki in English. However, just Tanuki means raccoon dog in English, so this one is actually pretty easy when it comes to etymology this week. Their history, though, is quite rich in comparison. The first mention of them was in the Nihon Shoki, which is one of the earliest Japanese history books, and was published in 720 AD, which was Japan's era of the Nara and Heian periods. However, they are mentioned in many other folktales, featuring actual named tanukis, and I'm going to tell you about the three of the most famous ones of them right now. First of all, Danzaburo Danuki was a particularly naughty tanuki, and was said to create walls with holes in people's paths at night, and set up mirages so that they would fall into holes in the ground, very Tom and Jerry. However, he was also sometimes kind, and he would give money to people who were financially struggling, and he would always repay his debts if he had them by using his little promissory note, and he would sometimes repay the debt, leave the money, take the note, and leave everything there for the person to find. He was actually most famous for driving all the kitsune of Sado Island, one of which he asked to transform into a pair of zori, which are the traditional Japanese sandals that you think of. He got on a boat with them and chucked them into the sea, so the kitsune knew not to return. Then there's Shinbei Tanuki, who lived in the mountains with his wife Amasu, but one day they went to watch a play and go sightseeing in modern-day Osaka. They played a disguise game with each other, but did so in front of a procession of soldiers, who killed Amasu in front of Shibayman. He would then went to the theatre, and the people found that actually he had paid in leaves instead of a ticket, and a dog was brought in to find the tanuki that had infiltrated. Eventually, the dog found him, and Shibayman was killed. Once word spread that a tanuki was killed in Osaka, people were really upset, so he was hailed as a god, especially to those in theatre, and a shrine was made in the mountain where he lived, Mount Makuma, and is still visited by actors to this day. Now, the last story is that of Yoshima no Haga Tanuki, which is where a tanuki was shot by an arrow and saved by Taria no Shigamori, who was a patriarch of the Taria clan. The tanuki recovered and promised to protect the clan in gratitude, and his ancestor then was Yoshima no Haga Tanuki. The Taria clan was eventually ruined, and Haga Tanuki became the protector of the local temple instead and his transformations were considered the best in Japan, which actually leads us quite nicely onto the idea that all three of these tanuki knew each other and came together, 
and they were aware they were the best tanuki in Japan. However, during a transforming contest between the three, Hage Tanuki was killed by a passing soldier, and Shibayman gave him a funeral procession. Due to his good deeds in life, he is now considered a god in the area of Takamatsu, ruling over family happiness, marriage, and luck for children and entertainment. These stories are all from different areas of Japan, but they all come together in the end, and Tanuki are known throughout all of Japan to this day. However, sometimes Tanuki are thought to have been a Chinese monster, where the Chinese often believed in shape-shifting leopards that they treated as gods. Now, Japan didn't have any leopards, so they tried to use anything they could, such as badgers, wild boars, cats and weasels, but eventually the fox and the raccoon dogs became the most magical animals revered in Japan, becoming the kitsune and the tanuki respectively. But when Buddhism became big in Japan, creating deities within animals was considered extremely primitive, and only holy creatures within the Buddhist religion were allowed to have magical powers, which included the fox, but unfortunately not the tanuki. Therefore, the tanuki was reduced to a trickster within Japanese folklore, with laughable powers and more of a comic relief character within their society. Although this did spark the history between the two most fun aspects of this monster, which are obviously the testicles and the link to alcohol within folklore. We'll start with the booze part, because that's fun. They are very often linked with drinking, as there's a story of a tanuki paying for booze with leaves that he disguised as money, and he ran out before they could catch him. And even now, if you go to Japan, you'll often see a tanuki statue outside of bars as a sign of good luck, and actually, just signage. Now lastly though, the bowls. Apparently this came about because during the Kamakura era, which was between 1185 and 1333, goldsmiths would use tanuki pelts for hammering gold nuggets into leaves, as they were considerably tough skins to work with, and thus could turn a tiny nugget of gold stretched across a whole room, making this massive, massive amount of gold leaf, creating this idea that their loose skin would have the same quality, and therefore their testicles also became pretty resilient and easily stretched to a large size. So you can kind of see where the matchup goes here. But there is a song about their nuts too, so please enjoy my rendition. Tan tan tanuki's bollocks, even without wind, they swing, they swing. That is probably the closest I will get to swearing in that in this podcast. But this is meant to be sung to the tune of Shall We Gather at the River, which I tried to sing along to and it didn't work whatsoever, so that's what you've got. The last thing though is these real life comparisons. The actual tanuki are Japanese raccoon dogs, which I've mentioned a few times, and actually as much as we want to say that they are full-on western raccoons, they're a little bit different. They are certainly canine, but they're much fluffier and much more like wolves and foxes and they're not even slightly related to raccoons either, which is pretty wild. They're skilled at climbing trees, they live in monogamous pairs with their kids, which is pretty cute. However, they are considered invasive in Europe after they were introduced in Russia to help with the trapping trade, and sadly, they are now hunted for their pelts in the fur trade as well. They're actually one of the most ancient canine species in the world, and are considered basal, which means they are the most similar to their ancient ancestors, so much so that there were even fossils of them dating back 
to the Pleistocene era, which was 2.5 million years ago. So your dog is actually more likely descended from these creatures than anything else, and certainly would have looked like these all those years ago. Now, onto modern media, there's actually quite a lot for these monsters. I guess it's because they're quite mischievous and fun, and they've got some great features. They're a pretty good one to feature in TV especially, I imagine. Now, for art, of course, you can probably find these on tapestry, but you're most likely to find this monster in statues rather than physical art throughout Japan. But there's an amazing tapestry print such as Tanuki by Seiken Toriyama for some really great examples of traditional sets for these monsters. Or you can have a look at wonderful independent stuff for this one too. The art I used in advertising this week was by Sergio Montoya, who makes some amazing monster and zombie art online. This picture was just so perfect to sum up the tanuki, I thought it was excellent, so do check that out if you haven't already. In movies, we only have two, we very very few for us, with Pompoko and Zootopia. Whilst in contrast, for TV and video games we have absolutely loads and I've had to really shorten these lists. So we have for TV, Kamen Rider Gets, Ninja Sentai Kakuranger, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Mau Mau, Heroes of Pure Heart, Takaru, Yu Yu Hakushu, Yaiba, Shaman King, Yuna and the Haunted Hot Springs, Time Bokan, Sengoku, Chuju Giga, One Piece, Naruto, My Hero Academia, Ome, Tunuku ni Naranika, Kemono Yihen, and Panman, Ayakashi Triangle, Beast Wars Neo, BNA Brand New Animal, Inuyasha, Gagure Kukurusan, and a bunch of loads of animes here, absolutely loads of them. It would take me forever if I listed all of them, so this is my attempt. That That's it. In video games though, we have ones such as Animal Crossing, Jitsu Squad, Kirby's Dreamland 3, Samurai Warriors, Sonic the Hedgehog, Splatoon, Super Mario 3D Land, Two Who Project, Gogo Marsmal, Monster Sanctuary, Pokemon, Kiki Kai Kai, Tanuki Justice, Street Fighter 3 and 4, Shadow Tactics, Blades of the Shogun, Sengoku Rants, Star Fox 64, Paradeus, Shin Megami Tensei, Team Sonic Racing, Smite, Muramasa the Demon Blade, Musya, the classic Japanese tale of horror, The Legend of Zelda, Final Fantasy, Yokai Watch 2, and Gourmet Warriors. My book recommendations this week are actually the same as most of my other Japanese monster episodes. I'm going to suggest the wonderful Yokai series by Hiroka Yoda, including specifically Yokai Attack, the Japanese Monster Survival Guide, and Yurai Attack, the Japanese Ghost Survival Guide. They're amazing books, I, I don't know what else to say to you, I recommend them every time, because I genuinely believe that everyone should read these if they're into Japanese ghost literature. It is so fun. It's so well covered, illustrated beautifully. I really, really recommend them if you're into the ghosts and ghouls from the Smithos. They are amazing books. Now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? Well, we all know that the Tanuki do actually exist. Those are those lovely little raccoon dogs I mentioned earlier. So they are definitely out there and about in modern Japan, and you might even see one in Europe somewhere or in a zoo too. Of course, if you do see one outside of Japan, it's probably being hunted, so maybe cool like animal control or something. But either way, I really like the idea of this funny little helpful yet mischievous little yokai. 
it's so good and really a welcome change to the monsters we've already covered from Japan, although it certainly depends on the tricks the Tanuki is playing, of course. Although there aren't many monsters that have the powers to use their testicles, so it's definitely a first and maybe it will be super unique. I've honestly not looked at other monsters with testicles, so I mean not with pronounced testicles, so we will certainly see. I do really like this one though. The first time I heard of them, I was playing the Mario games as a kid and seeing the Tanuki suit that Mario, Luigi and Peach could wear. I just thought they were raccoons though, to be completely honest. We're very much exposed to that in the West, I guess. But fun fact, and I'll let you in on this, I always play as Peach if you play Mario games with me. Don't judge me. You, In fact, you can judge me as much as you like. I refuse to change. She's the best. What do you think? Do the Tanuki still wander about in modern day Japan outside of the raccoon dogs? I would love to know what you think. Let me know on Twitter. It's been a really fun one to cover this week. I'm thrilled that we finally got round to it. Definitely one that is still a little bit odd, but all fun in one fuzzy little bundle. So I'm quite happy that we covered this one. Next week though, it is our big Halloween special that's being released a little bit before the big day. This special will be a little bit longer than our normal episodes, as you may know if you've listened to one of my specials before. I tend to do them for Christmas, holiday season, and Halloween, and sometimes I'll throw in a special in the middle of the year. I can tell you preemptively that I am doing a St. Paddy's Day one next year, and I imagine you can probably guess what monster I'm going to cover. But more importantly, we're going to be covering the opposite of last year's Halloween creature this year. So I want you to all start howling at the moon because we are covering werewolves next Thursday in our Halloween special. So please make sure you tune in. Also, I'd love to share that I am guesting on Tracing Owls podcast this Saturday. We are talking about Greek myths, feminism and how they're represented in modern media, especially video games. It's a good long episode that I really enjoyed doing with Vuk from Tracing Owls, so please do tune in. I will make sure to share everything on social media. But yeah, please let me know if you tune in and what you think of it. But for now, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you are listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next, and I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast and the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. All of our content can always be found at mythmonsters.co.uk and you can also find us on Good Pods and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast too. Come join the fun though, share this with your pals, they might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky and I'll see you later babes. <laughs>